right from the title screen to the intro video? Who does that? This must be a special episode. Yep, you can tell right away. This is no ordinary episode, but welcome anyway, Swedenborg and Life. My name is Curtis Childs. I'm the host. Um, so this is all question and answer show because you guys have great questions and I just couldn't answer them all. So this time we're going to answer them all, or some of them, actually. Uh, joining me are three very, very good people. We're going to start here. This is Dom. Uh, she's been on the show a lot, a translator, uh, Latin consultant, New Century Edition translations. Over here, we have Dr. Jonathan Rose, uh, who is the series editor of the NCE edition. And then at the end, we have Chelsea Odner, who works at the Swedenborg Foundation. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. This is all, it's all Swedenborg, all that stuff I say about NCE edition, it's all Swedenborg Foundation, like that you guys are the translating, publishing arm, and then we're doing the social media. This is the machine, people at home. That's, this is part of the machine that's making the Swedenborg experience live on into the into the 21st century so there's a lot of knowledge that these guys have that i want to draw from as as we bumble through the questions that you guys will have so we've got some that we've already asked for and but if you're watching live get your questions in and we'll answer them the best that we can all right so let's go we got an hour let's do it like let's give let's give them their money's worth this is the first question um and it is from facebook regina or regina regina are there senses on the other side feeling touch, smell, intimacy. Uh, and I just want to say, so if you're just tuning in and this is your first time watching the show, you might say, how are these people going to tell you about other senses on the other side? Other side meaning life after death. Okay, so <laughs> briefly, this is based on Swedenborg's experiences. Emmanuel Swedenborg's recorded spiritual experiences, other things we've, we've read and heard. We're just giving you that information we don't claim that we are omniscient or these kinds of things, right? We studied, we put in the work, and now we're, we're giving it to you guys. Okay, so are there senses on the other side of the car? Do you want to kick this one off? Sure. Okay, sure. So, so what does Swedenborg say and what, what resonates with you? Uh, so Swedenborg says that uh, on the other side, we do indeed have senses. In fact, we have senses way more exquisite than you and I are experiencing them in this world, especially sight and hearing. Um, he does say that the sense of taste, not so much. There's something analogous to the sense of taste, he says, um, associated with the sense of smell. And let's see, touching, yes. Intimacy, yes. I think there's somewhere that talks about married couples being in the marital embrace all night long or something like that. Um, those are the things that come to mind immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so do you guys want to cut the show off here? <laughs> you guys have so, good. so senses are senses are stronger particularly sight and hearing and i know that he says that because those correspond to love and wisdom or the two like primal elements of everything but but what else right. what else about so do we do we still experience the world through senses and how is that different or do you guys have any thoughts on that chelsea um yeah i the the main thing that comes to my mind is how swedenborg says that all of our senses in the other world are because it's the spiritual world it's uh you know, the spiritual world is love and wisdom, which is the light and warmth, or experienced as light and warmth in the spiritual world, which is the Lord's love and wisdom radiating from the spiritual sun. And so our senses, uh, although it's sort of hard to think about with just our physical body, where we're so used to just seeing and feeling as just these very material things, on the other side, seeing is understanding and smelling is perceiving something about somebody else's quality of their spirit and um, you know, feeling is, I mean, I'm sort of pulling this together. I'm not thinking of a specific passage, but just like you sort of have a sense of what spiritually that can mean is, you know, to touch somebody is to really 
know them or connect with them maybe in a more loving way. And, and to see somebody from a distance might be to have a, you know, an understanding of them, but not maybe to uh, think the same things as them or yeah. so that's a thought. Yeah. And I'd say we could spend the hour on this question, I think, mm-hmm. because when you say that, it makes me so he says you have sense like you experience life like a person. Mm-hmm. You know, you can walk around mm-hmm. and look at things. You relate. Have conversations. You, you have conversations. Exactly. That kind of stuff. But there is this up, this strange upgrade that he's talking that mm-hmm. that to see something spiritually is to understand it. But you all, but you also. So I mean, there's a lot there. Both that he he just would experience that world like experience this world. But there's this extra, this extra meta layer of of meaning or of interaction mm-hmm. there. So I think that's cool. Do you want to weigh in on it before we move to just the next a, one? a, a, a quick thought was that um, in this world there's sort of a limit like there's below the, your threshold of hearing mm-hmm. or there's stuff that's so loud that it's painful or your ears bleed at a certain point but there aren't those same kind of limits in the spiritual world yeah. and you can experience a very intense light Swedenborg says that, but it doesn't hurt your eyes mm-hmm. and I've enjoyed the thought of just being able to hear things that can get so loud but it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. yeah. you know it, it, and, and Swedenborg describes going to that world as awakening and I think a lot of that has to do with your senses increasing. That it's a it's an awakening. So you come into greater life. And people who have near death experiences describe that kind of thing. The light that doesn't hurt. Yeah, I was just you. You want me to say this first? Um, I saw Jurassic Park yesterday, and it was it was about at the limit. You know, it was very loud. But it'd be cool to think about. Oh, I can listen to something that's ten times that loud. And that, like, that would you know, I would pay. Well, I was just going to say something equally interesting, which is that (laughs) heaven is sort of like a choose your own adventure where like, I think Swedenborg says that some people, when they cross over to the spiritual world, they don't even know that they've died. They think they're Mm -hmm. still in this world because that's those senses are so real. Mm -hmm. But I think, but he also, when he's, when he's having his experiences in the spiritual world, he writes about how he just needs to think or wonder, what does it mean that there are these olive trees in this place that I'm sitting in? And then he gets given this perception of, oh, the olive trees are here because they correspond to the lovingness of right. the people who you're talking to. Yeah. And so it's sort of like we can go as deep into the meaning of what all the, you know, what our sensory experiences in the mm. spiritual world that we want to, but that people who... Like, people are able to have just the experience of, oh, I'm just chatting with my friends and we're hanging out, or, or I'm getting my work done, or, or something that's satisfying, but not necessarily this overload of, like, what does it all mean, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like some kind of high art where every detail is there for a reason. And mm-hmm. if you want to look into it, you can, or you can just, like, walk from painting to painting. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. Let's, let's move on. Let's take a look at another one. We could keep going, but let's do this. Arsene Lupin, 2009, has a universe existed from all eternity? Like God. Okay, man. I was just I was just reading Divine Providence where he talks about God and eternity. And he's talking about, hey, God is infinite and eternal. And we can't know what that means. But we can know what that means, sort of. That we can think in abstract ways about it where we get sort of an idea that, that is kind of a picture of it. But it's not, you can't see the actual God. And that if you're thinking about God... You got to not think in terms of time and space. Mm. So that's how I want to. That's I just want to open with that, that. That if we think about God being eternal, it's not an eternity of time. Like even a hundred million years ago, there was God. It, there's it's something different. There always God always is, right now or something. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember a passage where Swedenborg said that all of time is like the present to God. That God can see it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not that's not exactly the question, but I feel like it's the right foundation to lay 
So for you guys to now answer the question, Jonathan. The um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Swedenborg, I think, would say that there was creation, that there 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 was a time of creation. Um, he says sometimes of the spiritual world that creation is still going on in the spiritual world and mm-hmm. so on. Um, but I think he would say that there was a time. He he warns that you can actually go a little crazy trying to think about uh, what was going on before, you know, like from eternity. Like if you think about that too much, you can kind of freak yourself out. Um, he gets helped when he's been thinking about this kind of thing by being lifted up to a higher level and seeing time in a deeper way, seeing it as an infinite state and that kind of thing, and thinking about God more present. You know, if you think about it as an endless line, it can sort of freak you out. But if you think of it coming together and just being a oneness, a, a unity, uh, it's easier. Super easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I... Uh, I recommend listening to the most recent um, TED Radio Hour, if anybody listens to that on NPR or wherever it's broadcast from, but um, it's about time. And uh, the one thing that this question made me think of that related to that was it talked about how like physically people can study our universe, that it, it you know, there's this big bang theory that it, in the beginning it was a low entropy state and then it's just sort of accelerating and getting in greater entropy. And, but uh, does that mean that our universe is the only universe that exists or, you know, so I think there clearly is, there must have been a beginning to our universe and maybe, I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around, but the idea, like you were touching on of like God being outside of time and space, God is um, the underlying divine reality and the power to become manifest as Swedenborg says. And so I think those two things are always happening. Mm -hmm. So whether it's, this universe or something there's just always a creation there's always a manifesting of god and the the reality of god um yeah and and swedenborg says that that uh, time came into existence with substance which is actually a very modern sort of thought i mean now Mm -hmm. that we know that that uh, time and space are linked in a way that they didn't know in swedenborg's time Mm -hmm. uh to think about time before there was stuff well, the, the, no, those things go together. You know, mm-hmm. they have something to do with each other. Yeah, and it's interesting that Swedenborg wrote a lot of books and went really, really deeply into the nature of the spiritual world, uh, the nature of God, how to um, how to grow spiritually. We went into the all. We just had a show last week called Eight Strange Places in the Afterlife." Like he reported all these nuances of everything. But yeah, he doesn't. The word here, kind of like, well, he sort of mentions the. He wasn't that focused on no. the physical universe. This you know, world, that's the, and he even takes you know the biblical story of creation, which a lot of people say that. And he said, no, that's about personal growth. It's yeah. happening now and over and over for everyone. Spiritualized. So it just wasn't, it wasn't that high on his to do list. You know, right. to, to, and I think that, that that must mean something if, if he just alludes to it. He says, and I know he talked, don't think about physical creation in terms of time. And it, there are, you could try to piece things together, but it's not like, oh, in his book on the origins of the universe, he says, yes, X. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think that that's, that's right. That's a commentary on its mm-hmm. own. Good. Uh, should we move? Should we move mm-hmm. forward? Okay. All right. So hopefully that was good for you, Arsene Lupin. Robin, <laughs> does Swedenborg make any statements about a rapture type of event? I don't think it is very plausible. So hopefully we don't let you down. Um, but a rapture. Do you, have any of you come across the word rapture? And so where, did, where did that term rapture right. come from? And what, what is it, Jonathan? Well, it's, um, it, it does have a biblical origin. First Thessalonians 4.17 says that we'll be caught up in the air. 
uh, kind of thing. Uh, however, it's interesting to me, as far as I know, uh, that in thousands of years of Christianity, nobody thought there was going to be a rapture. That's actually a very recent, maybe like the last 150 years or something. That idea wasn't even around in Swedenborg's day. And so he never comments on it, never uses the word rapture. Uh, people started to focus on that one passage and get this picture, uh, even just a, f- a few decades ago, the Left Behind series and so on. You know, people started to think about yeah. people being sucked out, their, Cage, that movie. <laughs> sucked out of their shoes and, and, and all this kind of thing. Um, this, I think, if Swedenborg had known about this concept, uh, he would find it uh, laughable. Um, uh, it's very important. Heaven rests on, on this world and on the physical universe. And so the idea of that kind of disruption in this world and what would happen if you took all the good people out, it's a misunderstanding of that passage. And I think you can tell it's a misunderstanding because the very next verse in First Thessalonians 4, verse 18, says, um, therefore comfort one another with these words. It's supposed to be a very comforting thought. And I think most yeah. people are just mm. terrified by, by what is being said about the... Uh, uh, so I would agree with the person asking the question. It's not... It's not plausible. It doesn't fit with the laws of, uh, you know, the, uh, in isn't it Genesis eight twenty two says that, that seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Mm. You know, it, it, it's not going to be a destruction of the world, and there's not going to be some one day harvest of of millions yeah. of people. Uh, what the scripture is talking about is something more profound and more long lasting, which is that angels and human beings will be together. In scripture, they'll have a similar scriptural understanding, and that's what the air means. I, I don't know if you want me to go into that anymore, but but it's, it's quite a different thing that it's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, something just that, like, to say that it's not plausible, the, the specific imagery that the Bible uses when it says that God will be coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, or when it says one of you will be taken and the other one left, and it's speaking, it's talk. those, those images are really important, and right. they mean certain things and that's what's so interesting about Swedenborg is that you take all those elements and it's not you just sort of throw it away it's like oh no. what is this actually talking about right. and um, maybe you can comment on the clouds of heaven thing but I was thinking about the one being taken and the other left we think of that as like oh these two people that are going to be split apart from each other but it's always think what an us and that this the the sort of process that the Lord takes us on that is this opening up of, of the word and of heaven to us is it it clarifies life for us, and so we get clear about one part of us I'm going to leave, one part of us I'm going to stick with, and, you know, that that kind of thing. Yeah, and, um, that's right. Kara, he talks about, I mean, that sort of comes out of the the epistles that you're talking about, but then also Revelation. People read the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And didn't Swedenborg had a whole study of, the, just like the creation story, there was a whole study of the, the inner meaning of Revelation, right? Yeah. Uh, Apocalypse Revealed, a couple mm-hmm. of books he wrote about all about the book of Revelation and all its symbolism, which is talking about uh, truths, the truth and our goodness coming into our minds and our hearts. Uh, that image of the holy city descending uh, is not some new civilization that's coming onto this earth, but it's um, uh, a correct understanding of God and our relationship with God that's going to come mm-hmm. uh, in the literal sense of the word is what his, he says that the clouds of heaven represent. The city of the mind, uh, as it were. So, and, and again, we're like, in answering any of these questions, and 
this is the same process when we go to make an episode of the show, Swedenborg and Life. We have to, whoa, we're getting way too much material. We have to scale it back, you know, because I notice here we're sort of tiptoeing along right. this edge of explaining his entire interpretation of the, of the Bible. And you could, like, you know, of the symbolism of the Bible. That's a whole, right. like, there's right. so much, every every episode that we make, it's like, okay, well, we could make six episodes on this topic. And that's what you get when you go around writing three and a half million Latin words, you know. Yeah. That, right. so, so the answer to any of your questions is what we say and. But we'll just say we'll right. just say what we say, and then and hopefully uh, you can you can continue the studies. Download the books; they're free on Swedenborg.com. Okay, let's take a look at our next one. Thanks very much, Robin. This is from Preliminal. Why doesn't uh, uh, Why doesn't God correct the heart in a way that doesn't involve a chaotic type world as Earth and humans? Okay, so what what that means is what I take it to under mean is okay. So we've if there's why is there evil in the world? Problem of evil. Why is there evil in the world? Um, oh well, you know we we need evil can good can be brought out of evil. We will sometimes say right, that, but why doesn't God just do it in a way that's less of a pain to go through than life? The question, as I see it, is why is life hard? Mm. Um, and I'll start if you guys want. Sounds good. Um, uh, and this is a sort of a preview in writing the next week's show um i was heard about this it's i think it's a sort of little story or a parable in kabbalah um about this kid who uh he is going he's playing little league baseball right um and his grandparents are there and he's super excited he really loves them he's super excited about you making them proud of him so what happens is the game's going and going and it gets down to he's at bat. It's the last, you know, like two outs. They're just down by one. If he, if he hits this, he slams walk-off home run and, and he wins the game. And they're so excited and he's like, yeah, I'm so happy. Um, and, he's so, and he just gives them a big hug and it's awesome. Later he finds out the game was rigged. Like, the, the mm. grandparents set it up so that no matter what, he would have won the game. And then they had the guy pitch it really slowly and, and had the guy in the outfield miss it on purpose. Um, if there's no, if it's all rigged anyway, it's not as real. There's something you can't get when there's not that reality. So what mm-hmm. I see is there's two things. One is God is um, working things so that um, only you know evil is permitted, so that good can come out of it. But we are steering a part of the spaceship, meaning we're all in the same matrix of this world. And the more we're dumping evil into it, the more that it's evil has consequences like we really harm each other you know people want to be selfish go after things it's not all like god has designed this world and every experience we have in it right now from scratch to to here's your life part of it like you know i think about like people whose village gets overrun by warlords you know if those warlords were, were cleaning up their act there wouldn't be the same kind of issues to deal with so i feel like it's a combination of of hey, you got to know some of what's hard. You got to have consequences to your own actions. To also, we're a family, and, and the things we do really affect each other. So the, mm-hmm. that's that's why I want to say to kick it off. But do you guys have uh, better thoughts? Yeah, I just it made me think about um, the idea of anchoring the spiritual world. Like you could, I suppose, you know, take take the human heart and just take it off in the abstract and try to purify it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be something very important about having a concrete world and being anchored. Uh, I think our spirits are so um, able to have such a variety of experiences and so on that if we, if we weren't anchored, 
you know, all this crazy stuff would be going on in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact of being anchored to just a, a particular piece of flesh at a particular time with particular relatives and so on, and it anchors it all. Uh, so it actually, some of what seems chaotic about this world is actually mm. an anchoring that's going on. Uh, and it enables us to have all kinds of spiritual experiences because we've, oh yeah, I see what that is. That's like this and that's like that. We've experienced all these sort of earthly situations. So it seems to be important that we get purified in a concrete world. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's a very important basis for, you know, it's kind of related to the thought of why don't we just get born in the spiritual world? Why live here mm-hmm. and then go yeah. there? But I, th- I think that's part of the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other thoughts? Um, yeah, I have one just uh, one sort of cute thought is that um, it's interesting to just think about how um, it's so just a part of who we are. Like we didn't choose this life. We're just here. And and that like, uh, you know, little babies and little kids, they just get endless joy at playing peekaboo. You know, it's like the simplest game, but it just speaks to sort of this. There's something really satisfying about this pulsation or this game of of separation and coming together again Mm -hmm. and like forgetting and remembrance and you know and uh whether that's a very satisfying answer but um one other thought was just it's hard to remember when you're in the thick of when things are really hard but um the picture of like it's something my grandfather told me of how if you're down in the city um you can be a, a around just total chaos you know people are fighting in the streets and there's you know just all this stuff going on but then you go up on a mountain right outside the city and you look Mm. over the city and it's just Mm. beautiful flickering lights and you know it's just this peaceful peaceful view and not to say that that makes what's the chaos okay but just that to to demonstrate how we it's possible to have a different perspective and so often Mm. we're just so rooted in the immediate pain of it that maybe it'll be possible at some point to be lifted to this perspective on our lives that just is like oh now i get it i'm mm. like oh my goodness that now it makes it sense or yeah something. and there's much more order than you think mm-hmm. right mm. yeah car did you have something just the first thought that came to me was that uh it's important that we have a place in which to exercise our freedom our freedom of choice and that all the chaos around us is uh, giving us opportunities all the time to choose one way or the other. Right. Um, That's yeah. right. And is the result of other people's free choices. So. Yes, yeah. yes. So we're bouncing yeah. off each other a lot. Right. It is kind of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So and my closing thought is I don't, it's not like I walk around because, oh, I read Swedenborg and I walk around like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with life being the way it is. Like <laughs> if I, you know, I drop something and it breaks like everybody like, why and even more so like believing oh there's there's god and there's angels in the divine plane so why why am i cleaning this, this up right now yeah. <laughs> you know um it's it's not like i have that totally figured out but i i'm thinking of in in divine providence i think it's divine providence or, or when he's describing the process of divine providence he says that god doesn't let anything bad happen or as people who are in the stream of providence they know that whatever happens to them it's leading them towards an eternal state of happiness and that anything that happens in the meantime is conductive thereto, mm-hmm. as yeah. it says. So somehow, what you're going through right now makes it so that you can put possibly be more happy. And and I think there's got to be something in that, like, the more you know, you know unhappiness, 
you can have a deeper happiness than you ever would if you had never known it. And I think about, um, you know, that that Bible passage, uh, I hid my face for a little while, but mm-hmm. with an everlasting love. That, that right. some, and that yeah. God is focusing on eternity. This is what Swedenborg says. God is focusing on eternity. So is it like, hey, it's going to be confusing and annoying and, and sometimes way beyond that for 80 years? But that is going to give you the foundation for the, this, this eternal happiness that you couldn't have unless you had seen what it's like to not. And I see that showing up in little ways, but yeah, it's still, life is annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to say. And then you can say something. Yeah, the, just about the human experience specifically, Swedenborg says something that, that really um, is mind-boggling to me, that that uh, we are in the form of heaven, that heaven is like this human form. Yep. And obviously the Bible says that we are in the image and likeness of God. And mm-hmm. so part of the human experience is to have a mind, a soul, you know, be multi-layered, but also this very physical, uh, frail form that, that we're walking around in. And, and there's something about the top and the middle and the bottom and all that, and, and free will and the rationality, how the heart and mind interact, that, that there's, we're actually wearing, you know, we, we, we look like God in some sense. We're wearing this. And so that's an important part of the experience of being alive in this world yeah and i I feel us tiptoeing on the edge there of like talking about divine order and limited the limited nature of god in a way when he's talking that he'll say god cannot prevent this suffering for the sake of the goal which is salvation Mm. or eternal happiness so let's not talk about it Mm -hmm. but but it's there it's there um okay so thanks very much hopefully that that was a relatively satisfying group of musings on that okay let's take a look at our next one robert facebook can people who go to hell repent and do angels try to get them to change their minds and turn to good um angels always try to get people to change their minds and turn to good uh you know where's that that passage that angels an angel in the highest heaven would gladly trade places with someone in hell Mm. if it meant that they would get to be in heaven so Mm. angels are always gonna be going for that um it doesn't mean that that their efforts are rewarded, though. So, who has some stuff to say? I got one, Jonathan Rose. <laughs> uh, Swedenborg also says that the Lord is constantly trying to rescue evil spirits from hell. Uh, but Swedenborg also gives you the idea that um, they don't want to be rescued or something. Yeah. So, yeah. he does seem to feel... And I know this is a thing that a lot of people wrestle with, or it doesn't seem fair or something, but he does sort of suggest that there's a point where you're at peace. Uh, there's another scripture that comes to mind. Uh, apologies for all these scriptures tonight, but the, uh, you know, at the end of the book of Revelation, it says, let those who are filthy be filthy still. Let those who are righteous be righteous still. Mm-hmm. That, that there's a, there, I've come to see it actually as a point of peace that when people really make up their minds and they become the one thing that's their essence, they, they kind of stick, stick with that. But there's a constant effort on on the Lord's part and through His inspiration on the angels' part to ameliorate ameliorate the situation, turn people around if at all possible, Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. So I think both of those are kind of true. Yeah. Carl? Yeah, he makes the point that... um, we Well, we are actually the ones that choose where we are. So I don't think anyone feels particularly stuck wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Like If they're Good not going to go somewhere unless they have signed the dotted line many, many times, and that this is where I want to be for the rest of eternity. Um, 
and one passage I love in Swedenborg, he talks about how everybody, every spirit goes where they can breathe. If they go too high, they can't breathe, or if they go too lower than they should be, or wherever, inner, outer, they just are where they can breathe. And that makes me feel like we will be where we need to be, um, and we'll have all everything we need to do to make that right decision for us or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, just, I guess I just want to comment on how I think... um, when you read more and more of Swedenborg, you just he has a different, such a different concept of hell than is sort of mainstream. Mm. That, you know, can people who go to hell repent is like, kind of like, no, according to Swedenborg, but you don't, like, the, you know, I just love what he says about how people who are, when we enter the spiritual, spiritual world, um, you can go, you first go to the place called the world of spirits before you find your home in either heaven or hell. And people stay in the world of spirits for just who knows how long it takes. And that you know that running the show is just divine love and divine wisdom that just knows, created each of us and knows the good in us. And so is just willing to see how long it takes. You know, like I, that, you know, if there's any. Mm-hmm bit of goodness in us it might just take a long time to get there but it can we're in time but in we're in the world of spirits working it out and so if you know if you are in hell it's i mean i guess it's strange to talk about it in these words but like you you've really chosen it it really is what's satisfying to you i don't know but it's just it's a different well and we're using you know a word like hell but as we were discussing before the show there's like the lower earth, mm-hmm. which is like a subcategory of hell in which you can go down in there, get, you know, digested a bit, and then you can go back up. So there's like, there's, there's different, it's not just like there are two places in the earth. Yeah. Like there's no. there are different processes. Also, <clears throat> Swedenborg is always talking about every, every description of hell that he has. He says, oh, they, they go through this so that that's the only way to remove that kind of life from them. Mm. Right. You know, if they love this particular kind of evil, they go through all this stuff because that's the only way that evil can be removed. I don't know where it's going. Nature is a mirror of heaven and hell, and there ain't nothing in nature that doesn't, you know, you turn into poop, you turn back into a plant. Who knows (laughs) knows what it all means? But there's got to, the final answer is that there's got to be some good explanation. God is is not is is interested in everyone being happy. So mm-hmm. whatever the answer is, you when you get to see it for yourself, you'll be like, oh, that's legit. Right. Like this that. is where yeah. I belong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yes. whatever happens with everybody is is good. Is as good as it can be. So that's what we want to say, or I want to say about that. Okay. Thanks, Robert. Hopefully that was cool for you. Let's take a look at another question. Christine, YouTube. Mm. What does Swedenborg have to say about the sleep paralysis phenomena? I've suffered it all my life in every mm. sense. Hearing, seeing, seeing, feeling, out of body, most terrifying. Mm. Is there a point in allowing spirits to hold us under sleep paralysis while tormenting? And I, mm. I'm surprised. So I started doing this thing at the Swedenborg Foundation where we make online videos and, 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 and other stuff on the web and talk to people. And I'm surprised by how many people have sleep paralysis. Mm. This, if, if you're out there and you don't know what that is, it's a phenomenon where... You're sleeping, or and then you're like, I guess you sort of are awake or wake up. You're in your bed and you're conscious, but you can't move. Right. And there's usually something scary happening. Like there's mm. some kind of figure is bothering you. Some people have talked about like a witch or something like that. And this is a widespread, like psychologists acknowledge it. This is a widespread thing. Mm. So that's what that is. Um, 
The question is, what is going on there and why? And I do know that Swedenborg certainly describes being harassed by evil spirits uh, mm. while he was, like, all the time, and also that he will wake up and know that they were trying to harass him while he was asleep and that kind of thing. I, but I wanna, I'm interested to hear, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, and do you want to start it up? I'll, I'll try. I just feel great compassion. Um, I think a lot of people do go through weird stuff at, at night, and some people have night terrors and you know mm-hmm. all kinds of different things or dreadful, violent nightmares and things like that. Uh, Swedenborg sometimes says that we're uh, protected very carefully in our sleep by angels and so on. And I know for people who have those kind of experiences, they feel like, well, it's not nearly enough. For t- you yeah. know, there should mm-hmm. be way mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've wondered about that is that I've, I've pondered. I don't have a great answer, but I've wondered whether some people are really like the nature of evil is revealed to them, and they really develop sort of a horror of it, which is actually an interesting blessing in the in the long run. I know that's a very painful and lonely sort of thing to go through, but but uh, you'd be clear about evil and whenever you saw that in your life you'd think I don't want to have anything to do with that because mm. it's like that thing that's trying to suffocate you. Swedenborg yeah. does sometimes talk about the the sort of medieval idea of the incubus you know some crushing nightmare that descends on you and you can't breathe or you can't mm-hmm. you know it's like it's crushing your chest kind of thing and and um, uh, so um, he would attribute that um, to evil spirits um and whatever is happening is allowed. The Lord takes no pleasure in that, but it's allowed for some purification process. For There's some benefit that's coming out of that. And so much of what we go through in this world is mystifying that we don't know why mm-hmm. we suffer in the ways that we do. And uh, after we die, we get to ask questions and we find out more of like, what was going on there. You know, why, why did I have to go through with that? Yeah. Uh, some of the people I know who go through that are some of the sweetest, best kind of angels. You know, mm. so I, don't, I don't know if that's blessing them in some way or whatever, but, but uh, I just I, I feel compassion. And, and I, I know the Lord feels compassion about that. For some reason, that's allowed. It, sometimes, obviously, you can have a physical basis i know there are chemicals that are released that paralyze the body and stuff like that when you're asleep to keep you from walking around or thrashing around some people don't have those and they're very active at night or whatever so i don't know it's tricky yeah well i and i sort of feel like there are these two broad categories that i was sort of bringing up at the other question about why is life hard there's like god is setting up your obstacle course so that you can get better but there's also the like yeah, your your family got caught in the middle of a war zone because of two political groups that are mad at each other. And what, how much of each is going on? You think about somebody who gets uh, hurt by a credit card scam. You know, um, why did that happen to them? Yeah. You know, it's it's like right. well, that happened because some guys were sitting around in a room, or girls, and saying, "Hey, we're going to steal people's money, and we're going to do right. this." You know, there's providence too, but I, to. I don't quite know where it all intersects because Swedenborg does say that we're only reformed. Spiritual growth only happens through what he calls spiritual struggles, you know, temptations right. or whatever. So 
is that part of it or or is it you know victimization from the people making choices to be evil or is it both or are they always going together i'm going to put my like i don't really know stamp on that one and, and send it to the post office um i'm pretty sure the lord uses whatever yeah you know what i mean like he's not causing that uh he may be weeping about it uh but he's able to use it and he's very much about mm-hmm. well sure i can use that you know let, yeah. let's use mm-hmm. that to develop humility or to you know what whatever it is to expand someone somehow it contributes to that eternal state yeah and we don't exactly know. so that yeah happens. go ahead just just thinking about like i haven't experienced sleep paralysis but i've definitely experienced severe physical pain that you know you wonder if i only well i'm thinking of like childbirth and if you're thinking about well, at least a baby's coming out of this, you know, then like, yeah. then that's good. But there is pain where there's, you know, I had surgery and it just seemed like, well, that was kind of valuable, but really I'm experiencing all this pain and is it really creating something? I mean, we can experience just so much pain and it's like, well, what's the point? And right. I love sort of the, I feel like for myself, I've just found that prayer is such a helpful thing. And even praying of like, if my life has to be miserable, just praying that this can allow me to, you know, have greater compassion for others or be serve people like if it, if it could just mean in the end that i'll be able to help somebody else who's going through something like mm-hmm. this then so be it you know of like uh and just wondering you know if you're lucid in those states you know sometimes all you can do is just like hold on to one thread of like repeating scripture or praying or something that just gets you through hmm. and then knowing trusting that there's just sort of a divine taking care of the bigger picture yeah Mm -hmm. and i know there's a reduced uh freedom in that state but um i I wonder also another option uh is sometimes to actually fight you know to like to be aggressive about that just Mm -hmm. to say you know stop it you've got to let you know like don't don't do that you know cut that out addressing the evil spirits. yeah addressing the evil spirits and just telling them Cut it out. Leave me alone. You know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking about polio, things like that. Mm. That, that people don't have to, used to to completely change people's lives, and now we don't deal with it anymore. And I'm wondering, you know, will people feel figure out the the mm. sort of spiritual cure to things like are we are we suffering from a break in a break with a, with God or the spiritual world so that mm. things like that happen because we've fallen or people that develop uh, cancers that kind of stuff because of toxic chemicals that are in stuff like like uh, they're just like i heard this thing about uh, what's the ddt you know that mm-hmm. stuff that they're saying that even people there was a study coming out that's, that seemed to indicate even people who were in the womb when ddt was being mm-hmm. sprayed are developing cancer from it now mm-hmm. that was so and is there something that we're doing as a human race that's giving people these that, that we mm-hmm. do and what i'm saying is basically is it something that that if the right stuff was in place, no one would have to go through it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe mm-hmm. right. the answer is I don't know. Um, okay, let's let's go. We're we're, <laughs> we're, got all, we, left, right? we're already at um, it's eight forty, so we got like twenty minutes left. <laughs> so let's see, let's see what else we can do. So hopefully that's something, Christine. Thank you. It's all heart. Facebook. Does he speak about God having a partner for everyone? Does God know who who we are supposed to partner up with, or is it completely up to us and a part of free will? So, and that's referencing, Swedenborg talks about what he calls conjugal partners, or that, that in heaven you find what we would now call your soulmate. 
and that, yeah. that you can be married to your soulmate and that it's this eternal relationship that gets better and better and it's actually like a, a foundation like a building block of heaven he go you know he he places that up there with like this is a this is a load-bearing beam you know that that relationship is what makes heaven possible so the question is mm-hmm. does everybody have a chance to do that or is it like you know all the cool kids get it and the rest of us <laughs> don't you know um so uh what do you guys think uh, I have one thought yeah. just to change the subject. No, just kidding. <laughs> just to say that um, in the way that married love is the, you know, he, he talks about the heavenly marriage or the marriage of love and wisdom, that it's this, that that's why it's so fundamental and that's why we all are participating in it. And that's why Swedenborg says that marriage is last to eternity because there's just this something, you know, amazing and eternal about marriage and that that with our free will we can be working on creating a marriage in ourselves you know marrying the love and the wisdom in ourselves and um and so how this more relates to that question is i think that whether or not we experience a marriage or a functional relationship or whether we're married and we don't feel like it's to the right person or you know or that we're you know struggling in our marriage or wishing it was something it wasn't etc there's all of those situations um if you're working on creating a marriage in yourself, then you can have, you know, a, you know, fulfilling, you can have fulfilling relationships and it doesn't, you, then in the afterlife, we other, you know, we can be led to, I guess, maybe the more eternal or something. I mean, that's, those are just some initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I see those thoughts and I'll, let's have someone raise, <laughs> yep, yep, raise, raise me. <laughs> and I would just, uh, elaborate on that a little bit about what this internal marriage that we're talking about is what does that mean to marriage to marry love and wisdom in yourself and and to me that is um connecting what we see as true with uh, turning it into goodness in our life so that um uh, that getting our understanding and our actions uh resonant with each other that's to me what the what that that inner marriage is so that we're seeking truth we're trying to put it into our lives and how we affect people Mm -hmm. um but he does it does sound in swedenborg's work like everybody does have a partner and Mm -hmm. uh it also seems like we are part of the process of choosing it um and that when we get to the other world like many things we'll have a lot of struggles in this world and when we get to the other world and we're really who we are all the way through top to bottom inside out then whether that partner that we have for eternity is the same person we were here or we didn't have or however it looked like in this world uh in the spiritual realm where things are pure ish it'll it'll work out Mm -hmm. yeah that's good and i i um Swedenborg uh, says many, many times that freedom and love have everything to do with each other. Kara was talking before about people being able to breathe and that kind of thing. Uh, the freedom and that free choice is a very important piece of the puzzle, I think. Um, you can, I may have done this at certain points in my life, drive yourself <laughs> a little insane with the thought of, is this the one or is that the one or is there, mm-hmm. there's someone and you're just either too much of an idiot to realize who the one is or or something you know you can i think it's a a a beautiful idea a very very beautiful idea i'm also capable of driving myself a little nuts yeah uh, with that idea and i think it's easier to just look at my freedom and to say is this what i 
would choose, you know, not like there's some destiny. And because mm -hmm. part of what's difficult is there's actually to be a relationship. I think there's some requirement that it needs, there needs to be two people. <laughs> and so there are two free wills involved. And so sometimes you can say, um, well, I, you know, you're the one, and the other person says, "Well, well, you're not my one," or something. You know, and, you know, and that's that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. And um, uh, so I, I think that the freedom is is an important piece of it. But I think the way the Lord looks down on everything, He sort of sees the two choices of your heart, and in that sense, you know what I mean. There's a sense of destiny or or something feeling right about it, you know, yeah. when it clicks. But I think it's that's much. Much more. It's something you work for in this world, and it's something you really experience in the other world. That's, that's yeah. what I think. I, the way I see it um, from Swedenborg, in this world, you never know what you're dealing with. Try to be good. Yeah. Right. Like, mm. that's um, right. Because even Swedenborg, Swedenborg wasn't married, and he, apparently from some of his letters, even though he, right, as we said, got to see all the nature of God and heaven and hell and everything right. in the world, he, didn't he know. just wrote this, right. like in one of his letters, I think it might be this person that I know, but I don't know. You know, um, and as far even as far as freedom goes, we don't we're not re it's not really like God is like okay make eternal decisions right now um, that that there's this freedom to choose good or evil but even he, Swedenborg talks about our place in the the grand human like where we end up in heaven our particular place God is leading us to that or its counterpart in hell if we won't take this so it's it's not like oh man I really I really like um, owls. So I'm going to just like find as much owl stuff and wear owl shirts so that when I go to heaven, I'll be around owls. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's not those kind of decisions. There's like be good or bad and, and God is, is leading you somewhere. And so it, se it seems like, right. I mean, he says blatantly, oh, if, if you're not provided a partner on earth, you find one in heaven. And when he describes what that's like, he says two people meet as if by chance, but it's really no, providence. That's right. that's and right. God reveals their inner characteristics to yeah. each other and they know they're deeply compatible yes. but you don't know that kind of stuff in this life and even he says that in this life people can you can be super attracted to each other but it's for external reasons you know so yeah and everybody you know that yeah you could endlessly be like oh my gosh is, is this right is that not right you don't know you never know what you're doing right be good mm. you know right you do but, the best you can with what you have in front of you <laughs> yeah exactly and nobody gets left behind the, <laughs> like yeah yeah you do you do it's all heart you do get a a partner. Everybody gets that um, if they want it. But till then, just be be cool and be good and be as nice as you can. And something it might sound like we're totally contradicting what the Bible says, where it says, "In in heaven, they will neither be given nor whatever in marriage." And oh, yeah. just to remark on that, because it's in my mind that that idea seek that's marriage. So you think, oh, marriage between a husband and wife or something. But Swedenborg's. Um, whole understanding of marriage is that it's about this, like you were saying, putting the things we know into action from love in our lives to accomplish some purpose, some good end. And so if you've made a practice of that in your life, you will be, you have heaven in you, so you will be in heaven. If you've just totally made yourself opposed to that or gone out of your way to just sort of cut people down, live for, you know, like then you're not marrying in your life. So you're, you're not just all of a sudden going to get this ticket to heaven because mm -hmm. that's what you chose. So that idea of are they married or do they get married in heaven? It's like, well, you need to get married, wink, you know, <laughs> here, and then you can be married mm. in heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think this, I feel that's just the nature of the Sweden... Borgian 
tapestry. Okay, let's ask a simple question. Does everybody get married in heaven? <laughs> and we're going to end up talking about like biblical symbolism <laughs> and like and like the the internal marriage of doing stuff and thinking <laughs> stuff. And just it's like the you know, luckily is complex it's that complex so that we all have a reason to get together and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So but in general, the answer is yeah. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at our next one. Uh, Lisa, Mm. do we eat food on the other side? I want to know what Cara has to say about it. Yeah, Cara. (laughs) Do we I'm a foodie. (laughs) Will you be a foodie on the other side? Uh, I don't know. It would be fun. Yeah. Um, Swedenborg does talk about having experienced feasts and banquets and all that kind of thing. He he talks about that we get the food that we... um, that we need uh i think when he's talking about the hell side of things he talks about um that people have to work for their food like they have to be useful enough to be fed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um like here <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh so yeah i think we eat so I, could someone please like make this more confusing <laughs> sure I'll, I'll be happy to the um uh i've thought about that a lot and that um I found that even in this world, sometimes when you when you when you do something or you go out on a certain limb, let's say you appear on an internet show or something like that. No, sometimes there's a little a little satisfaction that you feel mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. And I've thought, oh, I think that's a little bit of that heavenly bread or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think even here we experience some of that satisfaction. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's real it's intrinsic it's not just like there are hunks of stuff that you eat you know right. and and i also love the idea swedenborg says that people have an instinct uh humans are remarkable for the fact that we have no instincts about what to eat a child will put almost anything in in his or her mouth um but swedenborg says we do have a spiritual instinct about what is good spiritual food for us and so we know, oh, this is something, I have an appetite for this, I, I want to consume this. Uh, and so it, it has um, everything to do with the nourishing thoughts. We even use that kind of language, don't we, when you hear a really great, satisfying talk or when you, you know, or, or some thought makes so much sense, like, yeah. oh, that feeds me. Or when someone says something so nice to you, you feel like, I was, how was the session? Oh, I was so fed by it. It was really great. Yeah. So we kind of come full circle to this confusing thing we were talking about before with sight like with the senses from our first question we're talking about sight you see things but it also means you understand things because Swedenborg will say that yeah good and truth are the water and the food or the the food and the water for the soul right the good like loving actions that's like food for the soul Mm -hmm. and then the truth is like water like that quenches your spiritual thirst so okay but then also you do seem to actually like have something in the cup that you drink and you can actually eat things so it's like both both of those things happen and they're somehow intertwined but obviously those will be two different experiences so okay cool yeah you know (laughs) yeah chelsea did you have anything on this one Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's good to admit that. Right? I would have just said, yes, I do. Um, I, uh, well, um, it's made of something. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Let's take a look at our next question. Stephanie, could you please address life on other planets? Okay, so we're out of time. Here's <laughs> life on other planets. Yeah, I do want to address life on other planets. Um, and see, that's capitalized. And I think it's because Swedenborg has a book 
That what's it called in the new translation? Other planets? Just other planets. Okay. And it's and also been titled Earths in the Universe mm-hmm. and Life on Other Planets. Yeah. And so this is so Swedenborg was traveling in the spiritual world talking to people. If that's not weird enough for you, sometimes he would say, Those people came from other planets. And okay. I want to say a few things about this. Sometimes he would just describe what we would now call exoplanets. We would call them Earths in the starry heavens. Mm-hmm. You know, like somewhere out in the universe, there's this. And we all say, okay, fine, maybe. But he would also say, I saw spirits from the planet Mercury or from the moon, these kinds of things. And so now people are wondering, what the heck are you talking about, man? Because um, he was describing... There's a lot of things that I'd love to talk about. About I want to do a show about it. I haven't yet. Maybe when that book comes out, when the, mm, the yeah, new yeah. translation comes out, we'll right. do a show about it. There's a new translation it. coming. So briefly, yeah. these are things I'm going to say. Um, there's sort of four categories of what could be happening. I think it's four. One is Swedenborg was lying. You know, there's not really any anything like that. Two, he was what Wilson Van Dusen thought. Wilson Van Dusen, Swedenborgian scholar, wrote this book on Swedenborg, and he thought that there aren't really spirits that came from those planets they were spirits deceiving Swedenborg and telling him hmm. hey man we are from those planets but we're not really we're not really right and he said that's why they corresponded to the xiphoid cartilage because that's sort of a false something something so that's another one um, the third one is hey there used to be those worlds in the solar system used to be habitable you know Mars they think maybe a billion years ago Mars was habitable maybe there's people then and he met he didn't meet the people he met the spirits so maybe mm-hmm. those people the spirits have been alive that's one and then the final is you know you go watch like on YouTube there's something called the disclosure project which is like NASA astronauts and, and navy people and everything saying we see UFOs all the time we just don't tell you guys about it you know and when we landed on the moon there was like an astronaut who landed on the moon saying we landed there and there were structures on the moon but we weren't allowed to point our cameras at them so Mm-hmm. Maybe there really were aliens on those planets that he's talking about. So it's one of those four. So which one is it? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I was in my translation work just a couple weeks ago. I um, had this piece that was talking about uh, that God's love is so vast that why would we think? I mean, and it, and he even talked about even if the center of the earth right. was filled up with human beings, just packed in there and all of us lived on the outside still that is like a drop in the bucket as far as the lord's love is concerned Mm -hmm. he can love way more people than that Mm -hmm. and i just love that thought like Mm -hmm. yeah why would it in how big is the earth compared to the universe why would this Uh earth be the only place where there's sentient life or spiritual life i don't Mm -hmm. know that's what i think about yeah certainly yeah last time i read that book a little while ago um I was really struck by how much it was like a travelogue, and part of what you learned from the travelogue was that you got a view, like about half the book is about how we look to other to others. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like I read the book being interested in how he's looking out, and who was he finding out there, and so on, but a lot of it was reflecting mm-hmm. back on, on us in a in a very interesting way and, and how do we see and I have to admit I I have no idea you know I know that the, the uh, so somewhat not all, all science but some science says yeah, yeah there's nothing up there on the moon or there's no, you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to reconcile those things I don't know what to do with it I just sort of hold it lightly um, but it makes so much sense to me 
that there are different, like everywhere on this earth, there are just different kinds of people. And no matter how many people you've met, you meet another person and they're different than anybody else you ever met. And the, and the, that just sheer blinding creativity that God has to constantly create these new people who are unique and nobody's like anybody else and mm-hmm. to do it in an orderly way so there are families and there are characteristics and people are related or they're similar or whatever, uh, but everybody's unique within that system. I just think, how could, you know, God suffers from an infinity problem. And, uh, how could, how could uh, he, she, whatever, resist creating more, you know, and just having yeah. them be interestingly different and and so on. Mm-hmm. One of the striking things Swedenborg says is that as soon as people die, they find out about this. Like everybody finds out, oh, yeah, yeah, there are a ton of people in the universe mm-hmm. and there are people on other planets. And that's just common knowledge in the other world. Yeah. I think he was as surprised as we would be uh, about that. And one of the beautiful things he says out of that book as well is that there's just one, there's one love, there's one wisdom. It's all... One, it kind of reminds me of what Jesus says that the, I have other sheep who are not of this fold, and oh, there'll yeah. be one flock and one shepherd. You know, I, I think the oneness of everything is a beautiful thought. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Do you have a, a more beautiful thought? I just love hearing what you guys have to say about this. <laughs> cool. Good. Well, that, that makes one, one person. <laughs> we, we have lost, one fan. We're down to zero viewers. <laughs> um, and I also want to say that and I haven't really like done a lot of study of particular that, but I know that the Other Planets book is like assembled from some material in Secret in yeah, that's of Heaven. Right. Right. I've been reading that. Heaven, but yeah. the way that he describes, yeah, when he when he says, oh, I met spirits from Mercury, he says like, I met spirits and they appeared up and to the left on the plane right. of this something with a something. So that meant they were from Mercury. Right. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's not like, I flew to the planet Mercury and saw people on the... I just want, I would like to really get in, like if we do an episode of the show about that book, yeah. I really want to get into what is his method of, of discovery? What does he right. mean by that? Why does he assume yeah. that that's where they're from? So yeah. um, that that would be another thing for another day. Let's do Let's do one more question here. Great. The hour is just about done, but let's let's get into one more. Okay, so this is going to be it. Steve H. YouTube. It seems often evil spirits are prevented from causing us mm-hmm. harm, but in others they are clearly influencing behavior. Can you comment on their ability to hurt and harm us? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, this be, should be a nice quick one. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. So piece of cake. Evil spirits sometimes, <laughs> uh, and you see this in Swedenborg too. I mean, he he catalogs his spiritual experiences. And he is sometimes talking about, especially like in the earlier stuff, his like Journal of Dreams and stuff, he's, he's really getting beaten up by evil spirits, negative mm-hmm. stuff. But then you'll find later, and we've, we've done, commented on this in shows, that he'll say, oh, these, these evil spirits were trying to mess with me, but I was protected. Um, so it certainly seems like there's a progression, and it, there's a lot of talk about bonds on evil spirit the evil spirits uh, the evil spirits being people who have become so absorbed and engrossed in evil you think about you see examples of it here with serial killer like people who mm-hmm. have to kill as much as they can you know that you're so engrossed that evil spirits would destroy everything if they could right but that they are held back and and but they are the bonds are loosened sometimes for constructive purposes so what are those purposes right. and what does it all mean in in two minutes mm. yeah it, it's a, a, again there's a purification process that can happen that Swedenborg likens to the the leavening effect uh, 
mm-hmm. you know, of yeast in, in uh, bread or, or in the process of making wine and so on, that you, it'll take impurities out and draw them to the bottom and this kind of thing. Um, one very important thing to me is that, and I, I don't know how it all works out in every situation and everything, but I try to espouse the idea that it's all fair at some level, if you could see it. Uh, one important thing is that uh, we do have a choice. Like we, in a weird way, to some extent, I know this would be up, sound upsetting, but, but that we have, we have some control over, over that relationship. Like we actually, there's something in our heart that's inviting things in. Sometimes I wonder in myself, mm-hmm. do I have some radio in the back of myself that's sending out a signal saying, hey, this type of spirit, pester me, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> because they, they are part of what you see in the New Testament is that uh, there used to be a kind of physical possession where really Swedenborg says spirits could get into your arms and legs and, you know, that kid that would constantly be thrown in the fire or Mm -hmm. get hurt yourself with stones and stuff like that. Um, Swedenborg says that sort of physical possession is not going on anymore. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed in. You have to have some condition or something. Now, you can have a physical condition that will allow those evil spirits to flow in because the body's weak. You know, when we're sick or you're fevered or whatever, you, you feel different, you know. Things are, do have access to us when we're in a weakened state, and that's why it's important to pay attention to, to the diet and the amount of sleep you're getting and all that kind of stuff because it can affect what signals are being put out by you that are inviting these things. Uh, it's also an important concept to me that we, the, the, it's, there's some benefit that we can derive. Uh, Swedenborg says that others were surprised to see him surrounded by thousands of evil spirits because they said, why are you hanging out with those guys? And he said, if you're in the right condition and protected, it's not only not harmful, it's beneficial to be around those evil spirits because you learn a lot. Mm. You learn a lot. The, the figures in the New Testament who have the greatest clarity about who Jesus is are the evil spirits who cry out. Um, so uh, that's all I have to say about that. Mm. Oh, hey. I was, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to wrap up right there, but I see your point. Yeah. You just got to no, go with great. the influx and when it runs out. No, no, that's it. No, that, stop. That, that covers a lot, of, a lot of really important points about it. Do you guys want to add anything mm. to it? Um, yeah, just I think, so the question seems often evil spirits are prevented from causing us harm. And so I think they're always being prevented from causing us harm yeah. because Swedenborg yeah. just says how if evil spirits... If, if that evil love that just totally opposes God and kindness was allowed to just be free, it would just destroy everything, yeah. you know? And truth. so it's just constantly being held back in some way. And then, but clearly they're influencing our behavior. And yeah, we're always being influenced by it, but we're kept in just this amazing equilibrium that allows us to have freedom um, and rationality, even though... I just think it's amazing how Swedenborg says that there's times when we can have impaired rationality, which means we, we then are more at influence, you right. know, more vulnerable to the evil influence, and then, but we're not necessarily guilty of it in those cases because our rationality has been impaired. And, mm-hmm. but, um, but just that uh, the, actually the quote, if anybody was interested, that you were referencing earlier about trusting in the providence is, Arcana Celestia, or Secrets of Heaven, 8478. And part of what that says is that, like, those who trust in the divine ascribe everything to him. Like, I think there's a, a protection that we can get by trusting in, um, you know, even 
you know, the, the, their ability to hurt and harm us is only so much as it can be, you know, uh, leading to something good mm. or, or having some usefulness despite their interests. Because, well, on previous shows, you've quoted that guy. Um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Jerry? Yeah, who said... Jerry Marzinski? Oh, yeah, 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 who's, yeah. Who said how, um, you know, they just thrive... Evil spirits thrive on... You know, they're energy vampires or whatever. Like, yeah. they just they just want to take everything away from us and then get us to kill ourselves. You know, like, they just have... They don't want anything good to come out of their influence on us. And yet God is just constantly using the influence of that oppositional force for usefulness, you know, for something to get accomplished. I love the image of, you know, um, leavening and or mm-hmm. um, fermentation. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're, uh, and we're all strikingly capable of of channeling evil into other people's lives. Like, you know, yeah. we're all capable of going postal. You know, when someone goes postal, people always say, oh, I just never expected to seem like such a nice person. But we all do have that ability to embody, you know, if the conditions are, are right, that will flow through us and, and we'll be doing that kind of bringing that hell into this world and being at one with hell. So it is really true that, that you know, clearly hell influences people, um, but yeah. the Lord does does allow that for, for the sake of purification. And but it sure doesn't seem fair. I mean, some people get torment yeah. way beyond what other people get and i don't know why that's allowed to be i know why uh, just kidding I know. Okay. <laughs> but i will say that supposedly the answer to all these questions is in the physical world through analogy through correspondence you know mm. you think about germs and right. normally you know if you take a kid and you don't give them any exposure to germs you're actually setting them up they're weaker to, their they? immune system doesn't develop properly right. and, and mm-hmm. when a germ comes along they can kill them right however so, so our normal state is to be exposed to germs and constantly fighting them off in this equilibrium. However, if there's too much of them, you get this disease, which obviously isn't helpful for people. I sort of see it like that. Mm, you know, that we all have this this negative and positive in us. Some people, you know, are just completely under siege by it. You know, and it seems that's out of balance. Like that's not mm-hmm. creating a healthy body. It's not their fault. It just you know you get a cut, you get some kind of weakness, like like wolves. You know, the radio in the back of your head sometimes is just saying. I'm I'm vulnerable, you know, and that mm. that's the signal. And so and it's this weird combination of like I was like I'm trying to continually say there's these two things. Some of it is for our growth, and some of it is this is the fallout of living in a world with badness, you know. And I don't know where they intersect. So maybe that's a good point to end on. I don't know um, uh, because we're over our time, um, and I know you guys got things to go too and i know you guys at home have places to go um so i feel like we could probably talk about this for quite a long time but does anybody want to have a a final something uh maybe as a sort of teaser but i happen to know that soon this show will be covering the story of um adam and eve next week (laughs) next week (laughs) so um just that uh the whole concept of why does hell exist? What is evil? You know, we have such a emotion a- attached to like ah oh, meanness, hell, hatred, everything. But what real? What is that really? And sort of why are we? I, I just I want to say that it has to do with our sense of self. Like we were given this sense of self to have this sense to think of ourselves as separate from God because 
that's actually so enjoyable. You know, like there's something so beautiful about being able to have a sense of self. Mm. But the, um, you know, the the liability of that is that you completely lose touch with God and you and you get obsessed with yourself. And so a self that's not looking back to God actually just becomes it, it doesn't love anybody else. You know, it only loves itself. And then it starts to wreak havoc and it starts to, you know, it just, it's, you know, it snowballs. Yeah. And so that, um, just that that's a, you know, we're, we're just sort of in it now where we can talk about hell influences us and, and evil is so bad, but yet there's evil in me or is there not? Or like, what's evil? But there's something, you know, just, um, inherent going on that and also sort of we're all connected we're this family and so what what's going on and why do we even have this experience of i'm i'm a unique sense of self but what's the the danger of that well that's that's the segue i mean so next week we're going to get our closest we've come on the show to trying to directly deal with uh what's the problem of evil so but before we sign off which gets us one step closer to that show i'm going to say to everybody Please like and subscribe. If you've gotten this far, you probably found it interesting. Just click the little like button on the video. Click the subscribe button. You will do us a lot of good. And you'll get then you'll get all these videos so you can watch them whenever you want. Uh, so that would be great. And if you really, really like this, consider making a donation to support the Swedenborg Foundation. You can become a member, get extra benefits. And that lets us have this kind of, you know, hey, we're having relaxed discussion about spiritual kind of matters. We're taking our time uh, to try to look at life you know and if you want to be a part of that and help that continue to reach out and and touch people in whatever way consider making a donation there's a link in the description of this video okay cool so now i will say but before i say the next show i'll say thanks to everybody thank you for everyone um for being on the show uh i guess i was gonna say you can buy their books but you, you can buy swedenborg's <laughs> books to support these guys um uh so i really appreciate it it's just just a lot of fun just me getting to hear what what all you think about this kind of stuff and i just really like having the vibe and nice for the people in the audience to get a break of uh, from me just talking a lot so thank you very much thanks everybody out there for watching your questions it's so cool we started this project just a a couple years ago and and to have people this interested asking this many questions that's the fuel that keeps the whole thing going so hopefully this episode was a little give back to you there um and so yeah as as uh as we said next week we're going to talk about adam and eve and the the source of evil and all that so hopefully you can uh, join us then see you next week